Here we go. Welcome, Christian Israel, Pastor Eli James here, and uh, uh, Dan from Georgia, and uh, happy last two days of the Feast of Tabernacles to you all. The The last great day is tomorrow, and it represents the second coming. One of these years coming up very soon, uh, Yahshua will come and tabernacle with us and destroy our enemies. But a lot of Israelites will be destroyed in the process as well, because as Peter says, judgment begins at the house of Israel. And I think we're seeing uh, the Israelites uh, being called right before our very eyes, because it seems to be mainly white people getting in line and volunteering to take these shots. Is that what you're seeing down there? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. it's terrible. I just can't believe the number of people who are have being deceived by by this. Yeah, right, right, yeah. Yeah, well, if the, if the first jab doesn't get you the second jab, well, <laughs> right. Or the third. Or the fourth, or, yeah, right. On and on yeah, there's, right. The the lie was that uh, one shot and you, you will uh, be back to normal. You won't have to wear a face mask. You won't have to social distance. On the, on the contrary, you still have to do all those things no matter how many jabs you get. Okay? Mm-hmm. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. All right. Well, folks, uh, uh, we have been gone for the last two weeks. Uh, I was at a couple of different conferences, a white unity conference uh, held by the Klan and the National Socialist Movement in uh, Texarkana, Texas, and then uh, Pastor Ramsey's homecoming uh, uh, conference, which always uh, corresponds or typically corresponds with Feast of Tabernacles. But, um, you know, b- being from a Baptist background, they don't celebrate the feast. However, they're moving closer and closer into that direction. And so that's a good thing. But uh, anyway, the fellowship was absolutely wonderful on both occasions. And uh, the first occasion had about 100 people, and uh, in uh, in Missouri with uh, Pastor Ramsey's group, uh, I would say 200, maybe 250, because people tend to come and go. It's a three-day conference, and not everybody's there all at the same time. But uh, certainly 200 people for that. And that's despite the fact that he told people if they've gotten a shot, 
to stay away. Okay, to stay away. So that limited the number of people attending, and it might have been twice that many had they allowed the uh, jabbies to come and uh, participate with us because, you know, we've had all kinds of reports of shedding or transference. And this this goes back uh, to the early days of vaccination where they found that um, people who've been vaccinated, they develop symptoms and uh, and shed whatever disease they got from the vaccine, they give it to others, okay? Especially those who are in close proximity with them, okay? But, yeah, yeah, there is no faith. Everybody's afraid. The book of Revelation says that uh, those who will not get into the kingdom, there's a li- this is Revelation 21 or 22, those people uh, who are the fearful, you know, the... the um, the, the sinful, the, uh, the various uh, types of people who will not get into the kingdom, fearful is the number one reason they won't get into the kingdom. Well, well if you're afraid, that means you have very little faith, okay? Uh, fear, if you're exhibiting fear constantly, that means you have no faith. And that is true of many Israelites, Dan, unfortunately. It is. Yeah. And I was going to ask you something about the, uh, the shedding. How long do you know of a... Uh, specific time period that someone sheds. I mean, for example, if if, if a friend of mine gets uh, vaccinated today, does he shed for up to a month or a year, or I mean, or does it is it forever or what? Yeah, well, I know? think yeah, well, the body cleanses itself as we're gonna we're gonna get into how the body cleanses itself after a particular disease ordinarily. Ordinarily, if you're getting over a disease, you know, let's call it the flu or tuberculosis. Uh, tuberculosis would be one where I think the uh, recuperation time is pretty much extended because your lungs uh, get pretty uh, ill when you have tuberculosis, and a lot of people never recover from it. So uh, being around a person with tuberculosis would be dangerous for someone unless your immune system is really in good shape, okay? So if your immune system is not working properly, then you're likely to catch it from a person with tuberculosis, okay? But uh, flu, you know, it it tends to last a week, and maybe, what do they call that period uh, after uh, you're recovering from an illness? There's There's a term for that anyway, a week or two, maybe. All right, mm-hmm. for most for most diseases, you know, But who knows with this uh, shedding? Because this is an unnatural shedding. This this has mm-hmm. been programmed with the mRNA uh, technology to last a long time. I'm sure it's it's going to last longer than most diseases. Okay. So uh, in fact, you know, wasn't it? Um, you know, Fauci was working on AIDS and tuberculosis. They're trying to give us the worst possible disease imaginable, right? And every time you get a booster shot, it extends the the time period that you're going to have to recover. Mm -hmm. So, okay, so this is making things far worse than they need to be. But, of course, that's the objective. Yeah. If that's the case, then I don't – if they can shed, the people who've been vaccinated can shed, uh, I don't know why that – they would need all of us to get vaccinated. Well, I guess that's so they can hook us up to the, to the yeah, right. economy. So, yeah. Right, right. Well, I think the the logical thing to do would be to you know, vaccinate people 
and see how the unvaccinated people respond. And the problem is that even though many people die immediately after taking the vaccine, they report it as death by COVID, not mm-hmm. death by vaccine. Okay, so the statistics are, are horrible because they're not reporting the truth. So, yeah, that period is called convalescence when you've had a disease and you're, you're, you're back up and walking around and uh, it's called con, uh, convalescence. And you should still stay home uh, because people used to quarantine. <laughs> you know, parents have thought that you should quarantine when you're sick, right? So that's social distancing right there. Yahweh's form of social distancing after you've gotten gotten sick. And so now there's an interesting correlation here because we're getting into Leviticus 12 where we're going to be talking about uh, the different lengths of time that a woman has to convalesce after giving birth to a male versus female children. So let's pick it up in Leviticus 12, verse 1, and then we have an article that we're going to read from concerning this matter, and I'm going to put that in the chat room. So uh, go ahead and read the uh, pertinent verses in Leviticus first. Okay. Okay. Leviticus chapter 12, verse 1, And Yahweh spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, If a woman has conceived seed and born a man-child, then she shall be unclean seven days. According to the days of the separation for her infirmity, shall she be unclean. And in the eighth day, the flesh of his foreskin shall be circumcised. And she shall then continue in the blood of her purifying three and thirty days. She shall touch no hallowed thing, nor come into the sanctuary until the days of her her purifying be fulfilled. But if she bear a maid child, then she shall be unclean two weeks as in her separation. And she shall continue in the blood of her purifying threescore and six days. Yeah, and so she days... will be quarantined. It's telling us <clears throat> she, she needs to be quarantined. Okay. Yeah, because there's all kinds of blood and, you know, uh, the uh, already the child's intestines are producing poop, <laughs> right, and urine as the heart is beating and all that's and essentially um, – the food the child is getting is coming through the umbilical cord and not through the mouth, okay? But it's still developing the intestines and the stomach and the urinary tract. And, of course, the reproductive organs are also being formed. Back to you. Verse 6. And when the days of her purifying are fulfilled for a son or for a daughter, she shall bring a lamb of the first year for a burnt offering and a young pigeon or a turtle dove for a sin offering unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, unto the priest, who shall offer it before Yahweh and make an atonement for her, and she shall be cleansed from the issue of her blood. This is the law for her that has born a male or a female. And if she be not able to bring a lamb, then she shall bring two turtles or two young pigeons, the one for the burnt offering and the other for a sin offering. And the priest shall make an atonement for her, and she shall be clean. Okay, interesting. A lot of the Israelites must have been keeping pigeons. Okay, and uh, it says turtles. Uh, let me switch to the <clears throat> KJV with uh, with uh, number values. And uh, for turtle, maybe that uh, means turtle dove. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, hold on. Uh, 
the first form being dual, the second form being fe feminine, two, oh, wait a minute. Oh, sorry, wrong word. <laughs> uh, a ring dove, often mm -hmm. uh, as a term of endearment, turtle dove, yeah. So th that would be confusing to people. It just says turtles here. It doesn't say turtle mm -hmm. dove, okay? But that is the correct uh, word, uh, turtle dove. Okay, back to you. Now let's talk okay. about why is it uh, different uh, between uh, the, the cleansing period between male and female. What's what's going on here? Uh, this is an article, Does Leviticus Punish Women for Having a Girl? by Katie McCoy. Over to you. Okay. Few biblical passages draw as much ire from female readers, and odds are you probably haven't heard your pastor preach through it on a Sunday morning. No, I won't touch Special this. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing okay. controversial. No, no, not in today's churches. churches. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Tucked away in the holiness code of Leviticus lies a law that some have pronounced unredeemable for women, an illustration of rampant misogyny and an attempt to dominate and disempower female sexuality through religion, the childbirth laws. Yeah, yeah see, the, the gospel is uh, misogynistic. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> okay. Never mind that he created both male and female. All right. <laughs> okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. Even worse, it seems to punish a woman for something entirely out of her control, having a baby girl. Just do a quick read through Leviticus 12, and the disparity is inescapable. Following the birth of a boy, a new mother is ritually unclean for 40 days. But if she gives birth to a girl, her time of impurity doubles to 80 days. While there's no shortage of theories, all of them are arguments from silence. We're never given an explanation as to why God considered a woman doubly unclean after having a girl. Western interpreters often view this law as punitive and oppressive. To control female sexuality, mothers were marginalized from society after childbirth. Well, I don't think marginalizes. Uh, they're <clears throat> convalescing. Mar they're marginalized. Yeah. yeah, they're recovering. Marginalization is a too way too strong a word here. But back to you. Way too strong. Yeah, yeah. right. <clears throat> but if the law is good and reflects the character of God, and it is, and if God values women equally to men, and He does, then perhaps we need to dig a little deeper to find what this law meant for women of the Old Testament, and what it tells us about the lawgiver. Hey, what's wrong with having more time off? <laughs> right? <laughs> I would think they'd be cheering that on. Yeah, right? there you go. Uh, yeah, I, I don't have to milk the cows or, or, or <laughs> uh, uh, shovel their poop, right? <laughs> okay. Like all God's laws, this law communicated how his people were to be different from the cultures around them. Worship and sexual acts were never to be conflated. Leviticus chapter 19, verse 2, chapter 20, verse 7, and chapter 20, verse 26. When someone was ritually unclean, like a woman after childbirth, she could not encounter that which was holy, separate for the Lord, i.e. the tabernacle, and anyone who touched her was ritually unclean until the end of the day. But ritual impurity does not mean moral impurity. Unlike moral impurity, <clears throat> her ritual impurity reflected neither guilt nor shame. A person was ritually unclean for normal reproductive processes and actions. Leviticus chapter 15, verses 16 through 24. After the birth of a boy, the mother was unclean for seven days. 
then an additional 33 days. Why the division in time periods? Because of what happened on the eighth day. By interrupting her time of purification on the eighth day, the mother could freely enter the tabernacle, which was holy, for her son, son's circumcision. Uh, hold, on. Uh, hold on. I don't know. Is that the case? Or did she bring the uh, baby boy into the tabernacle? Um, which, which verse is she referring to? Or, well, or, she says... She just has Leviticus chapter 12, verse 3. Yeah, it doesn't say who brought the child in for circumcision. It could have been the father. It could have been her, uh, but it doesn't say. Uh, you know, it says, you know, but maybe in the New Testament we could we'll get an answer to this question because uh, <clears throat> baby Jesus was brought in for circumcision on the eighth day. Did Mary mm-hmm. participate in that? You know, we can, we can check that out a bit later. Back to you. I don't know if it ever says whether she did or she didn't. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll find out, I guess. Yeah. <clears throat> um, by interrupting her time of purification on the eighth day, the mother could freely enter the tabernacle, which was holy, for her son's circumcision, Leviticus chapter 12, verse 3, an event that was both significant in the life of her son and that required her maternal care. After this, she completed her purification for the remaining 33 days. Significantly, Modern medicine advises six weeks or 42 days before the woman's uterus has returned to normal. Her system is cleansed from postpartum bacteria and she can resume safely resume sexual activity. Biblical law prescribes a time of abstinence just two days short of modern obstetrics. Additionally, this law gave women in Israel an extended time of rest. The entire community anticipated that she would slow down having the option of staying at home and likely be relieved of household duties and other arduous tasks a woman would have accomplished in the ancient Near Eastern culture. Now for the tough question, why double the time for the birth of a girl? One theory claims this law reflects the Bible's misogyny. (laughs) Having a girl was twice as defiling as a boy. (laughs) Could have been twice as arduous too, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But this theory fails on two fronts. First, the opening chapter of Genesis describes both male and female as equal persons who image God. And second, the sacrifice that the mother presents to re-enter the community is the same regardless of whether she had a boy or a girl. Were the time double, were the double time punitive, we would expect a different sacrifice to reflect the additional time of purification. But instead, it's the same. Another theory states that the mother was serving an additional time of purification on behalf of her infant daughter, who would one day be ritually impure through menstruation and childbirth. But that is inconsistent with the rest of the Levitical system. Nowhere in the law is someone ritually unclean because of an event that may occur in the future. Instead, one is ritually unclean for an immediate reason. Plus, the only people who serve as a substitute for the uncleanness of others are the priests, So that theory doesn't hold up either. But there's one more theory. What if this law was for the woman's benefit? A a pharmacology professor at Johns Hopkins University named David Macht set out to find out. Here's where this gets a little technical. Macht examined the postpartum discharge of women who had given birth to a baby boy six weeks prior and women who had given birth birth to a baby girl six weeks prior. Science is so much fun. (laughs) 
Put it under a microscope. Yep. Okay. What he discovered was illuminating. Among the women who had given birth to a girl, their postpartum discharge contained a higher level of toxins. Hmm. In other words, their bodies were still regulating and recovering from labor. The higher level of toxicity was, according to Mack, too great to be a coincidence. From this, he concluded that biblical law likely protected the people of Israel from the spread of bacteria and disease that would have occurred with sexual intercourse and with the absence of antibiotics. Okay. The additional 40 days would have allowed the woman's reproductive system to fully recover and provided an extended time of rest. Although we don't have a clear reason for the double time of purification, it's plausible that it was in the interest of women's health. If the birth of a girl required more time for the mother to recover, perhaps the Lord simply doubled the numbers according to the same pattern. Seven days becoming 14 days, 33 days becoming 66 days. Whatever the reason, we can confidently say that this law was not a form of gender discrimination, nor did it punish women for having a baby girl. The law of the Lord is indeed good. Psalm chapter 19. Okay. So, All right. It has so, nothing to do with right. discrimination. No, it's not misogyny. <laughs> <laughs> Yahweh is not a misogynist and neither are we. Okay. So the only thing that I can think of as a, a rational, possibly scientific explanation is that the reproductive organs of a female are way more complex than the reproductive organs of a male. You know, so you got the ovaries, you got the fallopian, fallopian tubes, you have the uh, the 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 sac. What do they call that? Uh, the uh, uh, I forget what they call it. But uh, and and the number of um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, organs involved in the female rep- reproductive system. Uh, are gr- greatly more complex than they are in a male. And so maybe this is why the uh, baby girl has more um, what's a, uh, <clears throat> toxins as a result of formation. It's a more complicated mm-hmm. process so that there's more waste being created while forming the baby girl's reproductive organs. Okay, something like that. And uh, that makes so, sense. yeah, and so uh, he says, well, there are, there's more toxicity uh, mm-hmm. with, with a baby girl and the, the mother needs to uh, recover longer. OK, so there's always a scientific reason. Uh, we get, we're getting close here. Uh, Mr. Macht or Dr. Macht uh, has actually done research on this. Right. And uh, so th- that the answer lies in the direction that he suggests there's, there's more toxicity upon the birth of a baby girl. Now, interestingly, because uh, we've reported in the past that the uh, genetic material uh, that's floating around in the womb uh, is picked up by the mother's blood and tr- carried back into her bloodstream. So uh, with the excess toxicity of a baby girl forming, the, there might uh, just it takes longer to get rid of it. Okay. No, uh, Makes perfect no, sense. Yeah, no slight against women. <laughs> All right? Okay. Okay, but yeah, so I mean, a feminist will come up with every possible excuse to reject scripture, you know, of course, other people as well. But uh, yeah, so there, there's no truth uh, to that. It's, it's not a misogynistic law. <laughs> All right, back to you. All right, Leviticus All right. 13. 
Now we're going to talk about leprosy. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Chapter 13, And Yahweh spake unto Moses and Aaron, saying, When a man shall have in the skin of his flesh a rising, a scab, or bright spot, and it be in the skin of his flesh like the plague of leprosy, then he shall be brought unto Aaron the priest, or unto one of his sons the priests. And the priest shall look on the plague in the skin of the flesh, and when the hair in the plague is turned white, and the plague in sight be deeper than the skin of his flesh, it is a plague of leprosy. And the priest shall look on him and pronounce him unclean. If the wow, bright that, spot that's a that's a diagnosis. This is how you diagnose leprosy. Very interesting. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. If the bright spot be white in the skin of his flesh, and in sight be not deeper than the skin, and the hair thereof be not turned white. Then the priest shall shut him, shut up him that hath the plague seven days. And the priest shall look on him the seventh day. And behold, if the plague in his sight be at a stay, and the plague spread not in the skin, then the priest shall shut him up seven days more. And the priest shall look on him again the seventh day. And behold, if the plague be somewhat dark, and the plague spread not in the skin, the priest shall pronounce him clean. But it is but a scab, and he shall wash his clothes and be clean. But if the scab spread much abroad in the skin, after that, after that he has seen of the priest for his cleansing, he shall be seen of the priest again. And if the priest see that, behold, the scab spreadeth in the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is a leprosy. Mm. When the plague of leprosy is in a man, then he shall be brought up unto the priest and the priest shall see him and behold if the rising be white in the skin and it have turned the hair white and there be quick raw flesh in the rising it is an old leprosy in the skin of his flesh and the priest shall pronounce him unclean and shall not shut him up for he is unclean <clears throat> and if a leprosy break out abroad in the skin and the leprosy cover all the skin of him that hath the plague from his head even to his foot, whosoever the priest looketh, wheresoever the priest looketh, then the priest shall consider, and behold, if the leprosy have covered all his flesh, he shall pronounce him clean that hath the plague. It is all turned white, he is clean. Okay. But when the raw flesh appeareth in him, he shall be unclean. And the priest shall see the raw flesh and pronounce him to be unclean, for the raw flesh is unclean, it is leprosy. <clears throat> or if the raw flesh turn again and be changed into white, he shall come unto the priest. Hey, and the this priest is, shall... all this is proof that we're dealing with white people here. <laughs> because <laughs> this is normal whiteness, folks. Normal whiteness. Back to you. You're right. That's true. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the priest shall see him, and behold, if the plague be turned into white, then the priest shall pronounce him clean that has the plague. See, is white clean. is clean. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm liking this chapter. Okay. <laughs> the flesh also in which even in the skin thereof was a boil and shall be healed. And in the place of the boil, there be a white rising or a bright spot, white and somewhat reddish, and it be showed to the priest you couldn't tell it was red on black skin, could you? No, very difficult, yeah. Yeah. And if when the priest seeth it, behold, it be in sight lower than the skin, 
and the hair thereof be turned white, the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is a plague of leprosy broken out of the boil. Okay. But if the priest look on it, and behold, there be no white hairs therein, and if it be not lower than the skin, but be somewhat dark, then the priest shall shut him up seven days. And if it spread much abroad in the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is a plague. But if the bright spot stay in his place and spread not, it is a burning boil, and the priest shall pronounce him clean. Okay. Or if there be any flesh in the skin whereof there is not a hot there is. in the skin whereof there is a hot burning, and the quick flesh that burneth have a white bright spot, somewhat reddish or white, then the priest shall look upon it and behold, if the hair in the bright spot be turned white and it be in sight deeper than the skin, it is a leprosy broken out of the burning. Wherefore the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is the plague of leprosy. But if the priest look on it and behold, there be no white hair in the bright spot and it be no lower than the other skin, but be somewhat dark, then the priest shall shut him up seven days. And the priest shall look upon him the seventh day. And if it be spread much abroad in the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. <clears throat> it is the plague of leprosy. And if the bright spot stay in his place and spread not in the skin, but it be somewhat dark, it is a rising of the burning, and the priest shall pronounce him clean, for it is an inflammation of the burning. Mm -hmm. If a man or woman have a plague upon the head or the beard, then the priest shall see the plague, and behold, if it be in sight deeper than the skin, and there be in it a yellow thin hair, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is a dry skull, even a leprosy upon the head or beard. <clears throat> and if the priest look on the plague of the skull, and behold, it be not in sight deeper than the skin, and that there is no black hair in it, then the priest shall shut up him that has the plague of the skull seven days. Okay, well, we notice here that the priest is not touching that person. He's uh, visually examining that person, okay? So uh, even the priests, uh, even though the the... It's obvious that the Levites have somewhat different DNA from the rest of the Israelites because they have to attend to these sick people all the time, okay? And so, but uh, one important thing is they don't touch them, all right? So, uh, because uh, there's this theory going on. Uh, now, I, I agree that uh, viruses are dead stuff that's just floating around, floating debris inside your bloodstream. And that they don't cause disease because they're dead. They, they, they don't have the ability to invade a healthy cell like bacteria do, okay? So, uh, but here we're talking about bacteria. This is a bacterial infection. Not There is no such thing as a viral infection. And uh, the, there's another theory uh, going around that you, you don't even have bacterial infections. But that's not the case uh, because bacteria are living and they do... If, if nothing else, they can create toxins which will disturb your your normal cells and probably break them open and you know cause a, a reaction to that. Okay, so um, yeah, there's, uh, some people believe that there's no such thing as bacteria. It's all just a matter of toxicity, but I don't believe that. I think uh, you know, how do you explain tuberculosis? How do you explain uh, what the, the uh, well not scurvy? Scurvy is a dietary uh, problem. 
what was that plague they had uh, they got from blankets when the Indians were given blankets dirty small blankets pox. smallpox okay yeah so this this kind of stuff does propagate from one person to another with bacteria no doubt about it okay back to you oh, or All cholera right, so maybe it was <clears throat> cholera it was either cholera or smallpox but anyway I think it was, I think it was smallpox okay so you could be right yeah uh, <clears throat> chapter I mean uh, verse 32. And in the seventh day, the priest shall look upon, look on the plague, and behold, if the skull spread not, and be, and there be in it no yellow hair, and the skull be not insight deeper than the skin, he shall be shaven, but the skull shall he not shave. And the priest shall shut him up that hath the skull seven days more. And in the seventh day, the priest shall look on the skull, and behold, if the skull be not spread in the skin, nor be insight deeper than the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him clean, and he shall wash his clothes and be clean. But if the skull spread much in the skin after his cleansing, then the priest shall look on him, and behold, if the skull spread in the skin, the priest shall not seek for yellow hair. He is unclean. (laughs) But if the skull be in his sight at a stay, and that there is black hair grown up therein, the skull is healed. He is clean, and the priest shall pronounce him clean. If a man also or a woman have in the skin of their flesh bright spots, even white bright spots, then the priest shall look, and behold, if the bright spots in the skin of their flesh be darkish white, it is a freckled spot that grows in the skin. He is clean. And the man whose hair is fallen off his head, he is bald, yet is he clean. And he that has his hair fallen off from the part of his head toward his face, he is forehead bald, yet is he clean. And if there be in the bald head or bald forehead a white reddish sore, it is a leprosy sprung up in his bald head or his bald forehead. Then the priest shall look upon it and behold, if the rising of the sore be white reddish in his bald head or in his bald forehead, as the leprosy appears in the skin of the flesh, he is a leprous man. He is unclean. The priest shall pronounce him utterly unclean. His plague is in his head. And the leper in whom the plague is, his clothes shall be rent and his head bare. And he shall put a covering upon his upper lip and shall cry, unclean, unclean. All the days wherein the plague shall be in him, he shall be defiled. He is unclean. He shall dwell alone. Without the camp shall his habitation be. Quarantined. Quarantined. That's the right way to do it. But they didn't quarantine the gays, right? The homosexuals. Mm -hmm. They let them run around infecting everybody. Mm -hmm. The garment also that the plague of leprosy is in, whether it be a woolen garment or a linen garment, whether it be in the warp or woof or of linen or of woolen, whether in a skin or in anything made of skin. And if the plague be greenish or reddish in the garment or in the skin, either in the wrap, either either in the warp or in the woof or in anything of skin, it is a plague of leprosy and shall be showed unto the priest. And the priest shall look upon the plague and shut up it that hath the plague seven days. And he shall look on the plague on the seventh day if the plague be spread in the garment, either in the warp 
or in the woof or in the skin or in any work that is made of skin. The plague is a fretting leprosy. It is unclean. He shall therefore burn that garment, whether warp or woof, in woolen or in linen, or anything of skin, wherein the plague is, for it is a fretting leprosy. It shall be burnt in the fire. And the priest shall look, and behold, the plague be not spread in the garment, either in the warp or in the woof or in anything of skin. Then the priest shall command that they wash the thing wherein the plague is, and he shall shut it up seven days more. And the priest shall look on the plague after that it is washed, and behold, if the plague have not changed his color, and the plague be not spread, it is unclean. Thou shalt burn it in the fire. It is fret inward, whether it be bare within or without. And if the priest look, and behold, the plague be somewhat dark after the washing of it, then he shall rend it out of the garment, or out of the skin, or out of the warp, or out of the woof. And if the and if it appear still in the garment, either in the warp or in the woof or in anything of skin, it is a spreading plague. Thou shalt burn that wherein the plague is with fire. And the garment, either warp or woof or whatsoever thing of skin it be, which thou shalt wash, if the plague be departed from them, then it shall be washed the second time and shall be clean. This is the law of the plague of leprosy in a garment of woolen or linen either in the warp or woof or anything of skins to pronounce it clean or to pronounce it unclean. So we see that uh, the uh, clothing worn by the victim uh, contains uh, scaly skin, right? Uh, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, all kind of damaged, uh, well, hair. The hair can uh, apparently retain bacteria, as those people who never wash their hair, <laughs> we can see there's all kinds of bacteria growing in that forest on top of your head, and uh, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, this is this we could call this shedding. So it's it's important that uh, you stay away from these people uh, if if they have this disease now. Uh, it, that disease appears to have uh, you know, gone away. Uh, this is uh, from the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention, not that we can believe anything they say, uh, Hansen's disease, also called leprosy. Hansen's disease, also known as leprosy, is an infection caused by slow-growing bacteria called My Mycobacterium leprae, it can affect the nerves, skin, eyes, and the lining of the nose, nasal mucosa. With early diagnosis and treatment, the disease can be cured. People with Hansen's disease can continue to work and lead an active life during and after treatment. Now, uh, I don't. That's not according to Leviticus. If they have an active disease, they're to be quarantined. So uh, they're taking a chance. You're taking a chance of being around a, a person who's got leprosy. Leprosy was once feared as a highly contagious and devastating disease, but now we know it doesn't spread easily and the treatment is very effective. However, if left untreated, the nerve damage can result in crippling of hands and feet, paralysis, and blindness. Okay, So um, yeah, there's a bit of a difference here between the CDC and Scripture. Uh, no, you shouldn't be, you know, you shouldn't be, people should be quarantined when they've got an active disease going on, period. That's the way it should be. All right. Okay, so uh, that's what the Bible advises. That's what we do. There's, yeah, there's a fungus among us. 
Thank you. However, yeah, there sure is. Yeah. They're trying yeah. to quarantine the all the uh Yeah, the, the, the healthy people, now, right. They're quarantining. The the, yeah. Just the opposite of what should be done. Exactly, exactly. Right. We're all lepers now. <laughs> uh-huh. Right? Okay. All right. Leviticus 14. Right. Chapter 14. <clears throat> and Yahweh spake unto Moses, saying, This shall be the law of the leper in the day of his cleansing. He shall be brought unto the priest, and the priest shall go forth out of the camp, and the priest shall look, and behold, if the plague of leprosy be healed in the leper, then the priest, then shall the priest command to take him, take for him that is to be cleansed two birds alive and clean, and cedar wood, and scarlet and hyssop, hyssop, and the priest shall command that one of the birds be killed in an earthen vessel over running water. As for the living bird, he shall take it and the cedar wood and the scarlet and the hyssop, and shall dip them in the living bird and the living bird in the blood of the bird that was killed over the running water. And he shall sprinkle upon him that is to be cleansed from leprosy seven times, and shall pronounce him clean, and shall let the living bird loose into an open field. And he that is to be cleansed shall wash his clothes, and shave off all his hair, and wash himself in water, that he may be clean. And after that he shall come unto the camp, and shall tarry abroad out of his tent seven days. But it shall be on the seventh day that he shall shave all his hair off his head and his beard and his eyebrows. Even all his hair he shall shave off, and he shall wash his clothes. Also he shall wash his flesh in water, and he shall be clean. And on the eighth day he shall take two he lambs without blemish, and one ewe lamb of the first year without blemish, and three-tenth deals of fine flour for a meat offering, mingled with oil, and one log of oil. And the priest that make him clean shall present the man that is to be made clean, and those things before Yahweh, at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And the priest shall take one he lamb, and offer him for a trespass offering, and the log of oil, and wave them for a wave offering before Yahweh, And he shall slay the lamb in the place where he shall kill the sin offering and the burnt offering in the holy place. For as the sin offering is the priest, so is the trespass offering. It is most holy. And the priest shall take some of the blood of the trespass offering, and the priest shall put it upon the tip of the right ear of him that is to be cleansed, and upon the thumb of his right hand, and upon the great toe of his right foot. And the priest shall take some of the log of oil and pour it into the palm of his own left hand. And the priest shall dip his right finger in the oil that is in his left hand and shall sprinkle of the oil with his finger seven times before Yahweh. And of the rest of the oil that is in his hand shall the priest put upon the tip of the right ear of him that is to be cleansed and upon the thumb of his right hand and upon the great toe of his right foot upon the blood of the trespass offering. And the remnant of the oil that is in the priest's hand, he shall pour upon the head of him that is to be cleansed. And the priest shall make an atonement for him before Yahweh. And the priest shall offer the sin offering and make an atonement for him that is to be cleansed from his uncleanness. And afterward, he shall kill the burnt offering. 
and the priest shall offer the burnt offering and the meat offering upon the altar, and the priest shall make an atonement for him, and he shall be clean. And if he be poor and cannot, cannot get so much, then he shall take one lamb for a trespass offering to be waived to make an atonement for him, and one-tenth deal of fine flour mingled with oil for a meat offering, and a log of oil, and two turtle doves, or two young pigeons, such as he is able to get. And the one shall be a sin offering, and the other a burnt offering. And he shall bring them on the eighth day for his cleansing unto the priest, unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation before Yahweh. And the priest shall take the lamb of the trespass offering, and the log of oil, and the priest shall wave them for a wave offering before Yahweh. And he shall kill the lamb of the trespass offering. And the priest shall take some of the blood of the trespass offering and put it upon the tip of the right ear of him that is to be cleansed, and upon the thumb of his right hand, and upon the great toe of his right foot. And the priest shall pour of the oil into the palm of his own left hand. And the priest shall sprinkle with his right finger some of the oil that is in his left hand seven times before Yahweh. And the priest shall put of, that, of the oil that is in his hand upon the tip of the right ear of him that is to be cleansed, and upon the thumb of his right hand, and upon the great toe of his right foot, upon the place of the blood of the trespass offering. And the rest of the oil that is in the priest's hand he shall put upon the head of him that is to be cleansed to make an atonement for him before Yahweh. And he, shall offer of, and he shall offer the one of the turtle doves or of the young pigeons, such as he can get, even such as he is able to get the one for a sin offering and the other for a burnt offering with the meat offering. And the priest shall make an atonement for him that is to be cleansed before Yahweh. This is the law of him whom is the plague of leprosy whose hand is not able to get that which is pertaineth to his cleansing. Okay, well, if and, this per person is, is married or you know, is living among family members, they obviously have to stay away from that person as well. And uh, th these are the people who probably uh, have to go and fetch these uh, offerings, you know, these turtle doves and pigeons and what have you, for that person, okay, because that... that that person really can't be doing it by himself or herself because <laughs> he has to stay quarantined, right? So uh, this is a really complicated uh, ritual for cleaning a leper, okay? So which, uh, but it, it's, it accentuates the quarantining of the of the ill person, okay? All right, now laws for cleaning houses, okay? <laughs> All right, verse thirty-three. And Yahweh spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, When ye be come into the land of Canaan, which I give you for a possession, and I put the plague of leprosy in a house of the land of your possession, and he that owns the house shall come and tell the priests, saying, It seems to me it seems to me there is as it were a plague in the house. Then the priest shall command that they empty the house, before the priests go into it to see the plague, mm. that all that is in the house shall be not made unclean. And afterward, the priest shall go in to see the house. And he shall look on the plague, and behold, if the plague be in the walls of the house with hollow strakes, greenish or reddish, which is in sight, are lower than the wall, then the priest shall go out of the house to the door of the house and shut up the house seven days. 
And the priest shall come again the seventh day and shall look and behold, if the plague be spread in the walls of the house, then the priest shall command that they take away the stones in which the plague is, and they shall cast them into an unclean place without the city. And he shall cause the house to be scraped within round about, and they shall pour out the dust that they scrape off without the city into an unclean place. And they shall take other stones and put them in the place of those stones, and he shall take other mortar and shall plaster the house. And if the plague come again and break out in the house after that he taken away the stones and after he has scraped the house and after it is plastered, then the priest shall come and look and behold, if the plague be spread in the house, it is a fretting leprosy in the house. It is unclean. So almost sounds like a mold, a mold issue. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, and he shall break down the house, the stones of it, and the timber thereof, and all the mortar of the house, and he shall carry them forth out of the city into an unclean place. Moreover, he that goeth into the house all the while that it is shut up shall be unclean until the evening. And he that lieth in the house shall wash his clothes, and he that eateth in the house shall wash his clothes. And if the priest shall come in and look upon it, and behold, the plague has not spread in the house. After the house was plastered, then the priest shall pronounce the house clean, because the plague is healed. And he shall take to cleanse the house two birds, and cedar wood, and scarlet, and hyssop. And he shall kill the one of the birds in an earthen vessel over running water. And he shall take the cedar wood, and the hyssop, and the scarlet, and the living bird, and dip them in the blood of the slain bird, and in the running water, and sprinkle the house seven times. And he shall cleanse the house with the blood of the bird, and with the running water, and with the living bird, and with cedar wood, and with the hyssop, and with the scarlet. But he shall let go the living bird out of the city into the open fields, and make an atonement for the house, and it shall be clean. This is the law for all manner of plague of leprosy and skull and for the leprosy of a garment and of a house, and for a rising and for a scab and for a bright spot, to teach when it is unclean and when it is clean. This is the law of leprosy. Very interesting. Uh, the more uh, we read through this, the more it sounds like it's either mold or mildew that is responsible for leprosy. So uh, mm-hmm. they gave it a name, but it could be a, a bacteria that, mimics mold or or, uh, or mildew, okay? Uh, for example, one thing I've noticed in, because uh, I've been working at all kinds of houses, I've noticed that um, uh, leather, and sometimes maybe even uh, artificial leather, that uh, they gather mold more easily than other types of garments, other, other types of cloth, you know. In fact, uh, I, I notice I have a, a Dake's Bible that has a leather cover, and I, I noticed recently that it had mildew all over it. So I just washed it off, and uh, so I, I need to, uh, if, if I'm handling something like that, I need to wash thoroughly and maybe take a shower <laughs> afterwards from now on. Mm-hmm. You know, I did wash it with soap and water, and uh, you know, hopefully, you know, this was just a couple of days ago, that uh, yeah. I won't catch anything from this, but it really does sound like a mold or mildew uh, issue. 
that uh, you know, what they're what they're calling leprosy here anyway. Okay, all right. So okay, we have about eight minutes left. Uh, let's go into chapter fifteen. Okay, and Yahweh spake unto Moses and to Aaron, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them. When any man has a running issue out of his flesh, because of his issue, he is unclean. And this shall be his uncleanness in his issue, whether his flesh run with his issue or his flesh be stopped from his issue. It is his uncleanness. Every bed whereon he lieth that hath the issue is unclean and everything whereon he sitteth shall be unclean and whosoever touches his bed shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until the evening. And he that sitteth on anything whereon he sat that hath the issue shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until the evening. And he that touches the flesh of him that hath the issue shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until the evening. Okay, this is more proof that diseases are transmitted by close contact. Okay, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, this uh, idea of airborne diseases, uh, unless maybe sneezes right in your face, <laughs> right, uh-huh. where the the uh, droplets actually land on your body and on your skin, uh, that's uh, you know I don't believe that uh, uh, diseases transmit by air except uh, from very close. It's it's telling us close contact, even the clothes they wear and the sheets they sleep on, harbor the uh, bacteria. That can be spread to another person. There's no doubt that this is what we're being taught here. Back to you. Okay. Verse 8. And if he that hath the issue spit upon him that is clean, (laughs) then he shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until the evening. Or or sneeze. (laughs) Spit or sneeze. Same thing. Yeah, right. And what saddle soever he rideth upon that hath the issue shall be unclean. There's leather. <laughs> yeah. the leather I was just talking There's about. There's your leather. Yep. yep. And whosoever touches anything that was under him shall be unclean until the evening. And he that beareth any of these those things shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until the evening. And whomsoever he touches that has the issue and has not rinsed his hands in water he shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until the evening. And the vessel of earth that he touches, which has the issue, shall be broken. Mm. And every vessel of wood shall be rinsed in water. And when he that has an issue is cleansed of his issue, then he shall number to himself seven days for his cleansing and wash his clothes and bathe his flesh in running water and shall be clean. And on the eighth day he shall take to him two turtle doves or two young pigeons and come before Yahweh unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation and give them unto the priest. And the priest shall offer them one for a sin offering and the other for a burnt offering. And the priest shall make an atonement for him before Yahweh for his issue. And if any man's seed of copulation go out from him, then he shall wash all his flesh in water and be unclean until the evening. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and every garment and every skin whereon is the seed of copulation shall be washed with water and be unclean until the evening. The woman also with whom shall with whom man shall lie with seed of copulation, they shall both bathe themselves in water and be unclean until the evening. 
And if a woman have an issue and her issue in her flesh be blood, she shall be put apart seven days. And whosoever touches her shall be unclean until the evening. And everything that she lieth upon in her separation shall be unclean. Everything also that she sitteth upon shall be unclean. And whosoever touches her bed shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until the evening. And whosoever touches anything that she sat upon shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until the evening. And if it be on her bed or on anything whereon she sits, when he touches it, he shall be unclean until the evening. For Hillary Clinton, this is (laughs) (laughs) 24-7. Everything she touches is unclean. Everything. (laughs) And if any man lie with her at all, and her flowers be upon him, he shall be unclean seven days. And all the bed whereon he lieth shall be unclean. And if a woman have an issue of her blood many days out of the time of her separation, or if it run beyond the time of her separation, all the days of the issue of her uncleanness shall be as the days of her separation. She shall be unclean. Every bed whereupon she lies, all the days of her issue shall unto her be as the bed of her separation. And whatsoever she sitteth upon shall be unclean as the uncleanness of her separation. And whosoever touches these things shall be unclean and shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until the evening. But if she be cleansed of her issue, then she shall number to herself seven days. And after that, she shall be clean. And on the eighth day, she shall take unto her two turtles or two young pigeons and bring them unto the priest to the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And the priest shall offer the one for a sin offering and the other for a burnt offering. And the priest shall make an atonement for her before Yahweh for the issue of her uncleanness. Thus shall you separate the children of Israel from their uncleanness, that they die not in their uncleanness when they defile my tabernacle that is among them. This is the law of him that has an issue and of him whose seed goeth from him and is defiled therewith and of her that is sick of her flowers and of him that has an issue of the man and of the woman and of him that lieth with her that is unclean. Touch not the unclean, (laughs) right? Uh, That's right. And the other races are automatically unclean. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Very interesting stuff, folks. Uh, it's proving that uh, you uh, diseases are transmitted by touch and mm-hmm. with clothing and everything else. So, uh, Not through the air. Not through the air. Okay. All right, folks. Uh, uh, tremendous lesson here from Leviticus. Uh, we're getting all kinds of info about our bodily functions <laughs> that uh, <laughs> perhaps we don't even want to know, but it's important for our health to know these things. All right. All right, thank you, Dan. Uh, great job right, narrating, and uh, we'll pick this up a lot of sixteen next week. Praise Yahweh! Pass the ammunition, folks. See you next time. See you next week. Bye bye. <laughs>